I'm letting you play. Oi, 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 oi. It's episode 201. I'm doing my Australian accent because I just wanted to do the oi. Oi! I have no idea what oi means. I have no idea why I went Australian at the top of the show. But check it out. Uh, Rick brings up a very, very, very good point. It's episode 201. It's episode 201. I don't know what that means. I don't know how excited I should be about that. I don't know if I should say... I I don't know. I just feel like... uh, uh, I I guess we just keep going. We We just keep going. You know what the show needs? This is what the show needs. We need more guests. If you guys agree with me, if you agree, or even if you disagree, uh, drop me a line. Uh, go to leave a comment at theloftestparty.com where we post the podcast. What do you guys want from the podcast? I'm, I'm open to suggestions. I'm thinking back to some of the guests we've had in the past, and it's like there's people I know who I should ask. I guess I just don't want to be a, a, a dick. I don't want to be perceived as a dick. But like Leah Remini, that was a big show. Leah was fantastic. Uh, Reno Collier was a great show. Steve McGrew was a great show. Holy smokes. Uh, Michael Knowles, that God bless him for hanging in there. Andrew Clavin, we've had a lot of good sh- We should have more guests, right, Rick? You guys have had some great guests. I, I, I really like the caliber of guests that you guys can bring on. Mm. That's what I should do. I, I should have some anonymous guests, too, because I'm sure there's people who don't want uh, to be mentioned. So anyway, uh, it's episode 201. It's pretty cool. Uh, hopefully we're gaining. I don't look at the numbers. Here's the thing I have to start doing. This is this is we're, we're recapping. We're, I guess we're recapping the series is what we're doing. We're doing a series recap to start with to, previously on the Loftus Party podcast. I think we need uh, more guests. I think we need uh, some segments. I think I need to start looking at the at the numbers because here's what I've been doing with the YouTube channel. And oh, uh, and I should warn everybody: there's a big purge coming. This is this is all I've heard about for the past two days. There's a big purge coming on social media. So hopefully, uh, you're all subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, you're all subscribed to this show. You all have you you know to go to theloftestparty.com if for some reason I should disappear. But on the YouTube channel. Uh, I look at the numbers and I look at the algorithms. Uh, it doesn't change, though, what I do, which it probably should. I should probably be steering more into – I'm like looking for – trying to find commonalities for like, ooh, what do people dig and what do people uh, not dig? And it, it's wild. It seems to be all over the board. It seems to be all over the board. It's, it's like they love it when I when I make fun of Nancy Pelosi. They love it when I make fun of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And they love it when I talk about Star Wars, which is – I guess I should just stick to those three things. So, well, uh, to be honest, if you stick with those three things, I mean, you know, Gam Gam, Occasional Cortex, and Star Wars, you're never going to run out of material anyway. (laughs) Well, that's true. Well, one day, and this is, I'm not even joking, one day that Nancy Pelosi will be gone. One day AOC will be gone. uh, uh, And Star Wars is pretty much uh, already gone. We're hanging in there by nubs with the Mandalorian. We'll do a Mandalorian update. Uh, later on in the show, we got some clips we're gonna we're gonna put down. Here, but here's it's too funny. You should bring that up uh, about the whole Nancy Pelosi and AOC thing. It's like here's what I'm trying to do, and maybe this is good for episode 201 to do like a like a mission statement uh, thing. If if politics were gone, if there was no like I, I think there's a lot of people making money off of politics now that Donald Trump is here, and and I'll, just a good reminder. Uh, the Loftus Party and what we were trying to do, and the flip side before that, uh, we were around pre-Trump. We were, we were, we were pre-Trump. And here's my question to everybody: Like, what is it that you want? If you got, and, and I'll ask, I'll ask you this, Rick. This is a like a, a legit question. There's no, it's not a setup for a joke or anything. But like, if if politics were working exactly the way you wanted them to work, like if you had. Government was just the right size, and, and everything had completely gone uh, your way, the, the the conservative way, the the smaller government type. What what would that free you up to do? What is it? What's where's your passion beyond politics? And this is my question for you guys who are listening to the show, L- legitimately. Like, 
what is your passion beyond politics? Well, I mean, honestly, so I mean, I'm, it's, it's actually interesting that you bring this up because this is something that I've actually been talking with people about. Um, part of my passion is always, and, and I didn't even realize how passionate I was about it until I started thinking about all the times that I had played with the idea when I was a kid and everything else and my parents had talked me out of it. My passion has always been broadcasting, which is part of the reason why I started KLRNRadio.com in the first place, because I didn't really have a way in to do traditional broadcasting and technology uh, afforded me the opportunity to start what was before uh, basically a, a small network and then eventually we folded in with K98 Talk and eventually it morphed into KLR and radio. So, I mean, this is something that I've been doing for the last uh, it's almost 11 years at this point. But one of the reasons why I started doing this in the first place wasn't just because of politics. It was because I felt like nobody was really listening to each other anymore. And that happens in the political spectrum and, and pretty much any other spectrum that you're willing to look at because people are so busy trying to get their point across that they're not even listening to other people's points. They're just waiting for their gotcha moment so they can scoop in and say, see, aha, I told you so. And also, yeah. and, and you know, one of the other things that I've kind of discovered along the way is I really, really enjoy teaching people how to do not only things like this, but, you know, broadcast broadcasting in general, ways to cut audio. So, I mean, honestly, I'm working behind the scenes to put a bunch of things together that I hope are going to be able to teach other people to take whatever their passion is and find a way to, to push it out in front of other people. Uh, and That's awesome. So... That's a great answer. And then, like, you know what? And I totally – I don't believe that, like, that's made up. I think that that is wholeheartedly – that's that's in your uh, – that's in your soul. That's who you are. That's – it's that's fantastic. I, and and see that there's the reason we get along right there. There's a, a big reason we get along right there. Like, that's – I think there's a, there's a lot of people. And I think this is maybe a lot of the, the, the Twitterverse is, is people who – uh, they're just like – they seem to be like professional complainers. They're never going to be happy. They're never going to be happy Like, because if – like politics is completely interesting. If you don't pay attention to politics, I guarantee politics will pay attention to you. You know, One day you'll just wake up and the way of life that you love will be gone. So you have to keep one eye on it. But like that's what I'm trying to do with uh, with the website and with, uh, with this show – and everything. It's just like, don't just talk about what you want to do. Like, do it. Do it as well. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And that's actually, I mean, one of the things that I have been saying, and it's it's odd because my pastor started saying the same thing right around the same time that I did. And, and I'm just going to tell you what my mission statement has become anytime I talk to people, whether they have the same passion I do or other passions. There is something in there is something that is in your heart that you have been called to do. You are the only person that can do it exactly how is it is how it is supposed to be done. And if you do not find a way to act on that calling, even if it isn't what pays your bills, there's going to be a hole in history where your impact should be. You know what? It's crazy, but that is like I saw this uh, thing. Maybe it was on Instagram or Twitter or Clout Hub. Uh, one of those, but it was like this, this Indian, East Indian, Pan-Asian guy, uh, philosopher saying like, leave work uh, on time because the work will never be done and make sure you're paying attention to your family and make sure you're paying attention to the things that, that you want to do because those need attention as well. You gotta, you know, you gotta water that garden. And this is turning into an inspirational self-help show, but it's like. Uh, it really struck me. It's like the, the work is never done. It's never going to be done. It, you're never going to be completely done. Now, I get a certain sense of like satisfaction. It's weird being like uh, a stand-up comic and, and a writer and stuff. You guys have no idea. You have no idea because, I, you know, dealing with words and talking and the performance and blah, blah, it's all very ethereal. And there's a certain satisfaction to it. But like after each show – you're thinking about the next show. It's 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 not it's satisfying, but it's weird. I get when I finish a script, when I finish like the third draft of a script, and there it is, and I uh, click print, and the printer starts going, and then I got it in my hands, and it's like physical. I love that feeling. I love that feeling of there is something 
that's tangible that I've made. So you got to find that balance. Like a lot of people, you know, they say if you do what you love, it's not really work. And that's all fantastic. However, I think that kind of happiness uh, avoids most people. And I think what we have to do, being like just the majority of just like regular people on planet Earth, is you have to find that balance. Uh, and Mike Rowe says this a lot, like that you, you, you have your job, you have your work, and you, you need to be very good at that. But that should just freaking enable you to do what you love to do. Like not all of us can be professional scuba divers. Not all of us can be, you know, Instagram <laughs> models. Not all of us. You know, uh, can be the great American novelist, even though that's what we want to do. So it's, you know, work, be good at your work and then clock out, right, you know, do a good job and then clock out and then go do the thing that really uh, gets your motor running and all that good stuff. And I'm going to do everything I can at the at the loftusparty.com to help people like the small business, the entrepreneurs, the people who are trying to, you know, stick the dismount from their day job. I'll do what I can, but you know, uh, participation is required. I'm doing my own segue here, Rick, because <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure that I don't forget to do this. I'm going to write up a, a thing. I'm going to, I'm going to write this up and I'll put a, a picture of it and I'll, I'll post it at, at the website under the pimp it page. This dude, uh, I don't know if you're a money clip guy. Uh, I wasn't. But I think I am. I think I am now. This dude who is a uh, a Loftus Party uh, heathen, <laughs> he makes these really awesome money clips. And I don't know how to describe it. But like it, as like a decoration on the clip, it has like a hunk of the of a bullet. You know, the, the base of the bullet where the, the firing pin hits. Yeah. Like that circle. I'll put a picture up at the website. And he has these, and he makes them, man. He makes them by hand, and they're really cool looking. And his website is whatsyourcaliber.com. Whatsyourcaliber.com. So he gave me one as a Christmas present, so I'm going to be posting that. I just love that kind of thing. And like that, that, that gives me an odd feeling of, of satisfaction. And oh, and I just sent out. Uh, an email, a, a private little post to the people on Patreon. I'm going to remind them here because who knows how often they go to uh, the Patreon site. Uh, go to uh, and I, I put a link in the post. And, and if you're if you're donating at, at any level on on Patreon, uh, you can see the post. But that's got a link to uh, Teespring for the T-shirts because it, it is the season. I want to give back, and Teespring's giving me a great deal. Uh, listen. Uh, here's what I've been, here's what I did. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited. See, this is what I, I get excited. I, then, then I get distracted. It's why I don't skydive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that could be dangerous, right? Cause I'd be jumping out of the plane. I'm like, wow, look at those clouds. That one looks like a bunny. Bam. There's the earth. So there's a post at Patreon. Go check that out. There's a link to Teespring, uh, pick out the color shirt, the, you know, the size and all that stuff. The email address uh, for, for myself is there. It's a special email account, so I'll know who's who and what's what. Uh, and then I'll, I'll do a turnaround. It's going to take a little bit of time, but you will because I have to get them from Teespring because, you know, like I said, they're cutting me a deal. And then I'll turn them around and get them, get them out to you because I want to give some, uh, some money back to uh, – not some money, but give something back to the people who have been so supportive. So the plan uh, with Patreon – has always been uh, I want to like better microphones. I want to get a green screen, do some more fun stuff. And then I wanted to do some ads on YouTube. So uh, to, to grow awareness for the YouTube channel, to grow awareness for the loftusparty.com. It's one of those things across, you know, cross platforms. So we are there. We are at that moment now. So I'm going to be uh, doing a little commercial thing. Uh, I'm not very good. At, at like at like tooting my own horn, so I'm I'm horrible at this stuff, but I'm gonna try. So I'm gonna cut a little commercial together, and then uh, figure out how to buy the ads on YouTube, and then start advertising on you know other people's channels. I'm gonna like, hey, if you dig the Daily Caller, hey, if you dig uh, Chad Prather, hey, if you dig uh, Stephen Crowder, maybe come over here because I want to really get that YouTube channel. I'd love to have. Uh, 10,000 subscriptions, 10,000 subscribers sooner rather than later. And then they say after 10,000, it starts to go very quickly. Then 
the next big one would be 50,000 and then 100,000. And then we're talking about, uh, you know, actually getting people on staff for the loftusparty.com. Because right now everybody's just contributing, you know, just because, hey, uh, I want to post this thing. Here's this interesting deal. And I want to remind you guys uh, that you're invited to do that as well. Like this is an open invitation. It's literally uh, a community. If there's something that you dig, if there's something, if you've got a product and whatever, uh, just post it. It's it's literally that simple. It's it's an open thing. It's 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 a community. So that's the update. That's what's uh, been going on. That's our little mission statement. Things are going well, and and really, I'm holding out. Till after tomorrow, we record the, this show on a Sunday, and tomorrow is supposed to be this big uh, purge on social media. I don't know if you've heard anything about this, uh, Rick. Are you hearing seen. any any whispers of a giant Twitter purge and YouTube purge? No, honestly, I, I I tend to avoid social media as much as possible over the weekends. So I but so I may have missed something, but yeah, I haven't heard anything. For all I know, I could wake up tomorrow, and my account could be gone. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's yeah, there's a there's a big uh, there's rumblings that uh, supposedly because here's what happened. A buddy of mine, uh, Owen Benjamin, who, uh, you know, did a couple movies, had a big career in Hollywood. Then he he, you know, became really, really uh, right wing, like really like zero fear, like just he would say anything just like he's out there and it, it hurt him professionally. He was saying on his YouTube channel that uh, December 10th is is like D-Day. That's that's it. That's when the great like he's he said he claims to have inside sources, <clears throat> excuse me, over at YouTube. And that's when his channel's going to go away uh, and all that good stuff. And now there's there's bigger rumblings. It's it's too funny. It's like I play this. I, I play the game. I play the game like I wake up every morning. You know, I'll put something on Twitter and occasionally I'll get around to looking at like, oh, how many people are here? And it's like I'm always following like a hand few. There's like I'm following a few less people and I'm missing a few followers. And then and then I'll be on like Fox and Friends or something and I'll get and I'll gain a boatload. And then it's like it's got to be driving the people at Twitter crazy. It's like because they're trolling. They're, they're slowly methodically trying to whittle me down. <laughs> but I keep gaining people so uh i wouldn't be surprised i'm oh here's the here's the game i'm playing uh with the youtube people now uh what they're doing they've been doing this for a while and it's fun for them it's it's not fun for me uh you know the the loftest party youtube channel is monetized i go to great lengths uh, not to use foul language and you know keep the subject matter uh, you know, adult and, and, but, but still like you could put an ad on there cause I, I, I want to monetize it. You know, that, that makes, I want to keep building the machine, keep building the snowball. So what Twitter will do and they're fast now they're they are fast. I put up a new video last night about the NATO summit and how, you know, Trudeau and Macron and those people were complaining about Trump being late. So I put up this video, everything is fact. Everything is, uh, you know, you can back it up. It's fun. It's funny. Boom. They like within the first 30 minutes demonetized, just demonetized. So now it's got a few hundred views. I don't know if those count, but I don't think I don't think they do towards money. So then I go and I request a review and then, you know, uh, probably tomorrow. They'll send me an email going upon further review. I guess it is okay for advertisers. So what they're doing, they're not only doing that with like the videos that I just put up. They'll also randomly do a video that's been on there for months, for months. I upload videos twice a week. So now I have to go back through pages and pages of old ones because they'll just randomly go, yeah, this one's not good for, uh, this one's not good for advertisers. So then I have to request a review on that. So I think slowly but surely we'll eventually go through every single one of uh, the videos and and they'll have to say that it's OK or it's not. It's 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 crazy. I hope there's not a big purge. I really hope there isn't. That would not be cool. I don't want a lot of good people uh, getting kicked off these social media platforms. And I'll say this again. Uh, Cloud Hub. 
That's the new one uh, that I'm doing, Clout Hub, C-L-O-U-T-H-U-B. It's a pretty cool uh, little platform. Use the hashtag Loftus if you if you sign up for Clout Hub, uh, the hashtag Loftus. They're counting how many people I bring to the, pl- the platform. But it's pretty cool. They just, uh, they just started with uh, live streaming, and soon you'll be able to do more videos, and there's going to be a whole thing, but I'm pretty stoked about Clout Hub. Okay, holy smoke, so much show has already gone by, but it hasn't been a waste of time. I think it's been a very kind of cool, informative thing. I realized at the end of uh, last week's show, uh, because I listen to the shows, I don't just talk, 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 and then then I don't go back and listen, but I promised people um, uh, some some, – there was this whole thing about uh, sunbathing your butthole, which uh, which I I teased – I teased in the beginning of last week's show, and then I realized I never followed up on it. So that's one of those things where I want to – there there was a an article in uh, Jezebel, this, and there's a picture of this woman in the desert, and she's naked, and she's you know holding her knees up, and she's got her – and she's sunbathing her butthole. And she's saying that, uh, oh, it does all this great stuff for you. It's good for you, yada, yada, yada. I avoided it. I like I took the high road on this one. I'm like I'm not going to comment on this cuz it's just like it's just easy pickings. It's just easy pickings. And uh and so other people uh, Chad Prather did a really funny video about uh sunbathing your butthole. And then the whole thing is you know, if you sunbathe your butthole, it's going to get burnt. Don't, you know, then then you've got the litany of different, you know, funny names. Oh, you're going to burn the leather Cheerio. You're going to burn the chocolate starfish. You're going to burn the third eye blonde. You're going to, you know, that's the whole uh, comedy of it. So I didn't want to do that. And then, because I'm like, no one's really doing this. No one's really, it's just this one person who, uh, she must live in the desert. Like, how many places can you go uh, to to get sunshine on your bum bum? So evidently, and I didn't know if he was Josh Brolin, the guy who played Thanos, uh, who, who he did it. He did it and he burned his butthole and he was miserable. <laughs> he put out a tweet saying, don't do this. And I'm like, what? Like, I, ca- I can't watch Avengers the same way now. Like that takes away. I can't like when I watch the Avengers, and he has the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm thinking, oh, there's a guy. There's a guy on there uh, who's so dumb, he he just uh, burnt his uh, butthole by sunbathing it. And then I'm thinking this. <laughs> like, by, like, what's the reward? What's the reward? Like, if you told me, hey, uh, if you put your uh, butthole in direct sunlight for 20 minutes uh, a day, You'll never get cancer. Okay, all right, that's in. But if you're telling me put your butthole in direct sunlight uh, for a few minutes a day and you'll sleep better, I don't think that's not a good risk-reward. That's not a good – like I have to get more back just to risk – I can't imagine. The risk-reward ratio on that is terrible. I'm just saying. Exactly. Exactly. If they're like, ooh, what does every lottery winner have in common? They all expose their butthole to direct sunlight. So, like, then maybe you're on to something. So, anyway, that was was my little joke uh, about – uh, the 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 butthole sunbathing and like literally like whatever uh, but that that's the joke like I need a much much uh, bigger reward so the fair warning uh, if you are thinking about doing this and I know you guys probably are now how can you not uh, please be careful so don't so, uh, so just to wrap my head around this the same people that are like don't go outside without putting on SPF three million or exposing their butthole to Yes, yes. And then this woman uh, who does it and she claims it's like this ancient practice and like and like, you know, Taoists have been doing this for centuries. Right. Right. I think that's I think that's a lie. I think I think at some point she toured some temple in Thailand and this and some Thai dude is like, you know what? I bet if we told her we've been doing this for thousands of years, I bet we could convince her to put uh, sunbathe her butthole. No, it, no one's that stupid. No, just, tell her, tell her. And oh, for thousands of years, the monks of this village have put our buttholes in the sun. <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah. And here's the thing. They say no sunscreen. She says no sunscreen. Don't do it. But uh, don't go longer than like 10 minutes. Listen, I've burnt I've burnt microwave popcorn. And that is not uh, that's not good. I don't if you I don't even want to um, listen. It's like this is why I didn't want to do uh, the don't burn your butthole thing. But anyway, uh, so is, so that, is this so the same that, lady that, that convinced people that goat yoga was a good idea? I'm just curious. <laughs> goat yoga is another like here's the weird thing. Like goat yoga makes so much more sense to me. Like it makes so much more sense to me. Uh, like, cause like if you're, if you're in a yoga pose, like say, let's imagine, uh, you're doing a push up, right? You're planking, you've got your toes and your, your, your arms are holding your, your body up. So you're using those muscles. Now, if a, if a small, cute little baby goat, uh, jumps on your back, you kind of have a, to make a little adjustment. There's a little wibble wobble. So I could see where you're going to get a little bit of a benefit from that. Like I, I can see, I can see. I can see goat yoga way easier than, than I can see uh, sunshine on, on, on your butthole. Oh, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that it doesn't make more sense and seem a little easier to deal with. I'm just saying each are just about as equally stupid. Mm. Both of them are, are uh, hallmarks of you've got too much time on your hand. You've got, you've got too much time on your hand. And, I mean... Listen, if uh, for the I would I would bet a lot of money uh, that the girl from the article that was mentioned in Jezebel and then there's a link to it if you go to uh, the loftusparty.com as well. Like I listen, somebody who does that, she's into she's into butt stuff and that's fine. That's good. Uh, good for her. And I'm, and I'm sure her 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 uh, butthole is uh, adorably uh, shaped and tanned. Good for her. Okay, we have to, uh, we, sadly, we have to put that behind us now, pun intended. And I want to get to this uh, because we got two things going on. Uh, looking in the rearview mirror, it was just uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Well, that, was a hard, that was a hard turn. That was a hard turn. We went from uh, buttholes to Pearl Harbor. But, hey, weren't the Japanese a bunch of buttholes? <laughs> Way to tie it together, boss. Way to tie it together. That's that's why that's why it's called the Loftus Party. No one can put it. Yes, in World War II, the Japanese were a bunch of buttholes. Hey, here's another butthole for you. Uh, so it's it's the anniversary of, of 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 Pearl Harbor the other day, and that's you know a day that will live in infamy. Uh, yada yada yada. So this morning, I'm watching uh, CBS. Uh, CBS Sunday morning. I dig it. You know, I'm on the East Coast. I'm doing that whole thing. And they are talking about uh, Jeanette Rankin. Jeanette Rankin. Now, you've probably never heard of Jeanette Rankin before. She is the very first uh, woman uh, elected to Congress uh, back in, I want to say, like 19. Oh, boy, I have it here. Hold on. If I, if I lose you, I apologize. Uh, American politician, women's rights advocate, and the first woman to hold federal office in the United States. She was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives as a Republican from Montana in 1916. Okay, so she's a Republican from Montana, uh, big-time pacifist. And now you, you're probably wondering uh, why you've never heard of Jeanette Rankin, yeah? Yeah, no, I haven't. Believe it or not, as much as I love history, I've never heard of her. Me neither. Me neither. Well, when World War One broke out, uh, she was one of a uh, a handful of uh, Congress people who voted against uh, doing that. She's like, "No, thank you. Uh, we're going to stay over here, safe and sound in America." Jeanette Rankin. I think this is why history has not been kind to her. She was the only member of Congress to say uh, no to World War II. After the, after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and, and like, you know, the Nazis have been running across Europe 
doing horrible, just atrocious things and taking over countries. Japan's been in China just doing horrible things and horrible atrocities. Then Japan comes over and kills a couple thousand U.S. servicemen. And then you've got Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Today is a day that shall live in infamy. I ask Congress to declare war. She was the only one to say no, to vote no. <laughs> and like, that is not cool. That is that is not cool. I, I feel like going, hey, uh, honey, like when when would you be OK with it? Like when would you be? I understand you're a pacifist, but when would you be OK with that's just a chick who's just dug in that she's just dug in. That was it, it terrified me. This well, Jeanette was- Rankin chick just terrified me. Like how many people have to die? Like the world is at war and you're cool with like like millions of people dying and you're like, no, we're not going to raise a hand to help them. Like you don't want to stop that. And that was uh, to me just like it's like the flagship of I don't care what the reality is. I'm going to keep I'm going to vote my own way. And, yeah, she was a Republican. And, yeah, but they were like celebrating her on. They didn't say she was a Republican on CBS this morning. But like she held firm and she was the lone voice of like, I don't think you. I mean, uh, (laughs) I don't think you want to be the lone voice of dissent after Pearl Harbor. So two things. Well, three things, actually. Uh, First, now I understand why I don't know who she is. Second, any hate mail from Michael calling her honey, please direct that at At Loftus Party. And third, um, I yeah, (laughs) curious because I saw a hashtag trending on Twitter uh, the day of Pearl Harbor, and I didn't even bother to look because I knew it would probably make my ears bleed. But somebody got Sorry Japan trending on the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Uh, I wonder if it was trending ironically. Like, sorry, sorry, Japan for Pearl Harbor. Sorry you bit off more than you could chew. Sorry that you thought we would just lay down. Sorry that you woke the sleeping giant. Sorry about all that. Sorry you got your ass handed to you. Sorry you didn't believe us when we told you we were going to nuke you. (laughs) Sorry that you didn't think we'd do it twice. I don't know. I mean, it could have been ironic, but something tells me that it was probably people that were trying to say, we're so sorry all of this happened to you, Japan. Oh, those. here's the thing, and I'll say this. I'll, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before on the show. I, I'm, I'm an armchair historian. It's one of my other, you know, I, I dig it. I like history. History doesn't repeat itself, but it, but it sure does rhyme. Uh, the Japanese, like, listen, yeah, we had we had the atomic bomb and we nuked them and they didn't think we had another one and we nuked them again. And people are like, oh, what an atrocity. What an atrocity. Well, don't forget this, you guys. The Japanese had uh, figured out the jet stream and how it worked. And they figured out that, that if they put balloons uh, up in the jet stream, they could hit uh, the West Coast of America. They, they could do it. And every once in a while, you'll still hear about, you know, they'll find like an unexploded bomb uh, over there. So what they were experimenting with, like their their version of the CIA or the their, you know, super secret spy organization, they were trying to give us all the plague. They were trying to give us all the bubonic plague, the black death, whatever you want to call it. And so what they did is they gave it to uh, they made sure these fleas had it. So you had to give these fleas uh, the plague. Uh, and then you would put them up in a bomb up in the jet stream and then uh, the bomb would open up and then the fleas would jump around and they would slowly kill all of us. They would kill – they would just decimate us with the plague. The problem was uh, the the fleas were dying in the upper atmosphere. They couldn't handle it. So they were very, very close to – they had just figured out a way to keep the fleas alive. We can we can you know make sure they have the plague. The fleas will be alive. Uh, and then we'll unleash uh, the plague on on America. And this is stuff that we didn't find out till after the war, you know, until after we, you know, were walking around Japan rebuilding. But, yeah, don't feel bad about don't ever feel bad. It, it ended it. I'm one of those people that like we were so unbelievably cool. Can you imagine like anybody don't ever feel bad about us nuking Japan? I had no <laughs> I had no intention of going into this, but like. We were the only – think about how cool we are as a society. OK, so it's the end of World War II. We just nuked Japan, 
And we realized the, the big fear was you drop a nuke and then the whole atmosphere catches on fire and then we all die. There was like dudes who thought that would happen. And thank God they were wrong. So anyway, we're the only country. We, we beat Germany. We beat Japan. Here comes Russia. They're making some bad moves. But, uh, but uh, FDR is getting some bad advice. We could have held the world hostage. FDR, if he wanted to, or or Harry Truman rather, because uh, uh, yeah, Frank FDR was dead at this point. But Truman uh, could have gone over to Europe and go, "Hey, listen, guys, uh, there's a new world order. This is all America now. It's all America now. And if you disagree with us, we will nuke you. And good luck stopping us, because we have a massive air. You know what? We could have done it. We could have just bullied everybody." But we were so unbelievably cool. We're like, hey, Germany, we'll help rebuild. Yeah, you guys had some bad leadership. That was horrible. We're going to help you rebuild. Hey, Japan. Hey, sorry about that. That was that was tough. But like, listen, the emperor, he was uh, that guy was no bueno, uh, but he's gone. We're going to set you up nice, nice. You no. Know? So we didn't we didn't do it. We could have bullied everybody, but we didn't. That's how awesome America is. Am I right? Am I right? Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah and an amen on top. <clears throat> it's the truth. So anyway, I thought that was a interesting tidbit about uh, Jeanette Rankin. We are cruising right along. Um, we got uh, a couple of uh, what was the what were the clips that we had? Oh my gosh! Okay, so we got uh, impeachment coming down. They're 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 really trying to do this whole impeachment thing. And I'm, I'm if, and, if, and if you're looking for the big impeachment updates, I would say keep going to the YouTube channel. Like I feel like. Like that's how unconcerned I am about this. Like I have to remind myself, oh yeah, we should talk impeachment and what's going on and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, so they're drafting up the thing. Jerry Nadler's in charge. That dude literally fell asleep the other day at his own hearing. Like he was nodding off in his own hearing. It's like, hey Nadler, this is your moment in the sun, and he's nodding off. I'm I'm literally not concerned about uh, impeachment at all. So you got Joe Biden out there. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Rick. One point you pointed out this was his moment in the sun. He chose that moment to nap in the sun. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. It's just like I, I, I literally and if you're if you're a hard left wing liberal person and I, I, I don't see the crime here. I don't see the crime. Uh, so I can't get all bent out of shape about it. I, I just want to see. It's weird. It's, it's like a blowout. It's like a blowout. It's like you're watching, uh, you know, two pro teams going at it. You're watching, we'll say, you know, the Patriots and the Browns. And the Patriots are just, just rolling over the Browns. Then you just have to look at individual players. You're like, oh, how's that guy as a wide receiver? How's that dude blocking? Like, I'm literally, I, I, I just, I just want to see what wackiness Adam Schiff has in store, what wackiness uh, Nancy Pelosi has in store. I want to see what Mitt Romney does. That'll be interesting. But beyond that, uh, it's a blowout. The Republicans are crushing it. And the jobs numbers, good Lord. The economy, sweet Lord. This is why at the top of the show, I'm like, if everything's going your way, what do you want to do? Because now's the time, you guys. Like, <laughs> now's the time. We're, the, the economy is doing great. So anyway, so, so the two, Democrats are two still – uh, Two points real go quick ahead. if you don't mind. Um, just just to throw this in here about the impeachment news, there is actually news now that House Democrats are starting to break ranks with Pelosi. Well, it's only a couple, but there's it's starting. <laughs> I, there was two. There was two at the very beginning who were like, "Yeah, we're not on board with this. We're yeah, not like, cool with this." It's like three now, so it's trickling, but it is starting to happen. They're not getting the they're not getting the Jeanette Rankin treatment. <laughs> When you're the when you're the lone one, you're like, uh oh, uh oh, did I mess up? And then your buddy joins you, and you're like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And then you can get the third one. Oh, okay, sweet Jesus, thank the Lord. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, it, it'll be interesting to see how this how this plays out because what a lot of people don't realize is the Democrats do have the majority in the House, but it does take a large number to get to the impeachment threshold. So they can only lose about 18 votes, and so far it looks like they've lost at least three. So we'll see what happens. Um, now, on to the economy numbers. This was something that annoyed me because everybody, you know, everybody, because I'm looking for balanced news sources because one of the other things that I'm actually starting to do and starting to figure out how to do it is at some point we're actually going to put together a, leg a legitimate news source. It'll be print, audio, video, and it, it'll be separate from the properties that we're already running because it's going to be nonprofit. 
So I've been listening to other sources that people claim are more balanced, you know, like not leaning really one side or the other. So BBC, NPR, things like that. So I'm listening to NPR on the way to work the other day, and they let the job numbers drop. And they're like, in the worst reported job numbers since Trump took office, there have been a dismal 65,000 jobs reported, including the 55,000 that went back to work from the, uh, the labor strike. So then the real numbers drop like four days later, and they're almost five times higher than what they reported. Yeah. And this is yeah, supposed to be the fair and balanced folks. Uh, yeah. I mean, they were what was the expectation? Like, was like 150,000, something like that, 150,000 yeah, jobs created, like and it ended up being like 260-some thousand. It was just... It was a blowout. Well, that's the other thing they're not talking about either. Not only were those numbers double what they expected, because it really was just about double what they were anticipating, the last two months' numbers previous were revised upwards by tens of thousands as well. Yeah, and then here's the other good news, just to to stay on the the Good News Express here. Like, across the board, they say wages are up, like, uh, 3%. However, if you go to the bottom earners on the lower end of the spectrum, their wages are up, like, 6%. Seven percent. So they're actually it's people are going to be feeling it in, in their uh, in their pocketbook. OK, so that's uh, that's all the good news. Now, uh, the Joe Biden thing. So Joe Biden is still uh, the front runner because this is this is the, where the impeachment thing really messes up for me. This is where this is where I pivot. It's like out of all the, the impeachment talk, nobody's asking about the like the. Is is it ethical? I know it's uh, evidently it was legal uh, for Joe Biden to hook Hunter up, but was it ethical? Was it the right thing? This is what I always hate when people are like, "Yeah, I didn't break the law, but yeah, technically you're still a jackhole." So Joe Biden is still the guy. Kamala Harris dropped out, and evidently uh, Biden is picking up uh, the the black vote that that Kamala Harris felt like I guess she was just entitled to. So Joe Biden, and I, I make fun of Joe quite a bit. However, it's it's getting harder to do as I get uh, more concerned about him as a human being. Like, like I don't take a lot of shots at, you know, Jimmy Carter, right? Like Jimmy Carter, horrible president. His policies were just horrible. And then the Department of Education, the Department of, uh, of Energy, blah, blah, blah. Jimmy Carter was a, was a horrible president. But he's doing good stuff as an ex-president. And, and when he comes out there and he says crazy things and thing that and that, and that I just kind of let it go. Like Jimmy Carter's off doing his own thing. Joe Biden, I'm so comedically conflicted by because, like, it's getting to the point now where I'm starting to l- legit, like, feel sorry for the dude. Here's the here's the audio. This is the most recent audio that has uh, everyone talking. And by the way, you know, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And by the way. What is all that? What is that? I, 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 I honestly did not listen to that all the way through on purpose because I wanted you to get a live reaction. I'm censoring myself because there's about 14 cuss words running through my head right now. <laughs> what the? I you mean, what you I guys, hear? that's not... That's <laughs> that's not normal. No, I, 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 I hate it when people take things out of context. Right now, there was a little... There was an... <clears throat> excuse me. There was a little animation that went with that. that the, the sound effects of the bubbles... Uh, we're added in. We're added in later because somebody made it into a cartoon. But like, I don't know what the question was. Like, what was the question? What was he responding to? Because that, as a response, uh, okay, my hair's turned color in the sun, and I like to get in the pool. And then the kids would come in the pool, and they'd rub the hairs down and watch them pop back up. So I know about cockroaches. Like, that's there's a huge like. I'm legitimately concerned about the guy like that's not you have gas like you know everybody knows joe biden he's a gaff machine he's a gaff that was really bizarre so i know about roaches 
and I know about kids jumping in my lap. What? <laughs> like, all, like there's like three different thoughts that are so like, and maybe I am like taking it incredibly out of context, but that dude, like seriously, seriously, and this is like no joke, but like if you ever meet, you should just have that sound clip somewhere on your phone or have the tweet and have it bookmarked. When people say they're going to they're going to vote for Joe Biden or they plan on voting for Joe Biden, like really like just play that clip. And like I, I don't I I don't think you want that dude. I don't think he has uh, all of his faculties. I'm starting to worry. About, I thought about you, Joe, I thought you were going to say if you ever meet Joe, play that clip. You don't want to do that because then he'll just fat shame you like he did the one dude at his, his rally. <laughs> And that was weird. And like Joe rolled up on that guy. That guy's like, hey, was it because he was asking the ethical question. Was it ethical for you to give your son X, Y and G, uh, X, Y and Z? And then Joe, if you watch the video, just like like starts staring him down and comes walking over and intimidating. Let's do push ups. Let's have an IQ uh, test. Let's like, wow. Like and maybe somebody told him you should do that. You should be more threatening because he'll do that. All the time, somebody somebody will ask him about Hunter, and he'll start pointing in their face. I don't want to talk about that. I'm not talking about that. I didn't break any laws. I'm going to talk about that man in the White House. That man, and it's just like, wow. Uh, so, I'm I'm concerned. I'm my, concerned about the big, Joey Biden. My biggest takeaway on that is, you know, Trump talks about talks about people and two people that way, and the media roasts him, and so does everybody else. Biden basically talks down to somebody that asks him a legit question at a rally and gets praised and cheered. Yeah, it's uh, well, the, the, the bias is in full effect. The bias is in full effect. And here's one. I'm so glad this is perfect because as we're as we're my goodness, this one just flew by. <clears throat> I wanted to bring this up. Uh, this is from the, the Washington Post because you always hear about media bias, you know, X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. And you, there's there's just no disputing it now. It's one of the we we say this on the show all the time. It's one of the great things about you know the Trump administration is that you know the masks are off and these people are just uh, they're being just like legit open in they they're picking sides. The Washington Post uh, wrote this this story the other day, and it says uh, perspective. Wall-to-wall impeachment coverage is not changing any minds. Here's how journalists can reach the undecided. So that is so jacked up on every single level. I'll read it again. Wall-to-wall impeachment coverage is not changing any minds. Here's how journalists can reach the undecided. That's not journalism. You've, you, you literally just des- described propaganda. Like journalists aren't supposed to reach people with uh, with some message of here's what here's how you should think about things. That's not your job at all. That's not your job at all. Your job as a journalist uh, is to report the facts and and is to not uh, get involved. I I found that to be terrifying. I found that to be terrifying. Like here's a, a how to. Ooh, the undecided vote. There, we can't get through to them. Here's how you do it. Here's how you sway their mind. That was uh, that was really really scary stuff. Well, the reason they they worded it the way they worded it is because here's what they're not telling everybody: they're losing the undecided voter. With the, it, it's not that it's not reaching them; it's that it's turning them off. The undecideds at this point have, have looked at the same information that you and I have looked at, and they're like, "Look, even if they're, I mean, and and this is actually for me talking to people. One of the biggest questions that I hear all the time is, have they been able to prove that he's done anything wrong? No. And how has this impacted me directly? Because my life is 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 good right now, and I'm hearing that over and over and over again when I talk to people about it. Even even people that hate him, like I I got an art, an article linked to me from a friend the other day who was like the hugest like Trump hater TDS guy ever, and we've been friends for forever, and I I never even saw it coming until. We started uh, DMing, and all of a sudden he's like, I can't believe you support this guy. And then even he was pointing out an article about how Trump has masterfully managed to keep the stock market on target by basically, because he's a businessman, he knows how it works, 
and he knows when bad news is breaking, how to get people's attention away from it. So it's a, it's allowed the stock market to continue to soar. And that's one of the things that I've said for the longest time is getting somebody who understands business when you're talking about what is technically the largest corporation on the planet. I mean, really, if you stop and think about it, that's kind of what this country is, whether we want to look at it that way or not. And it's, the, it, that, it's just one of those things where even people that hate him are starting to look at little bits and pieces and they're like, well, I don't like him, but I can't argue with his methods. Well, you can't argue with the results. I mean, you can argue with, I don't like his tone. I don't like the way he says this and that, which whatever. I mean, that's great. But it's like, how do you argue with the results? The results are spectacular. And from a lot of economists, they say it's just beginning like this is just the start can you imagine if the if the manufacturing jobs uh, really start coming back i mean we're getting them back in in pretty big in pretty big hunks but if we can keep this going and like people are like <clears throat> opening up more factories and employing more people it's just uh it's 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 wonderful it's wonderful and good and okay that's, we, and that's honestly why the democrats are freaking out that's also why the 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 new uh, North American trade deal is still sitting in Nancy Pelosi's desk drawer because that, yeah. that will bring hundreds of thousands of jobs into this country, and they can't let him get credit for that. Exactly. So they have to do these these attacks like, this isn't who we are. He's ripping apart the fabric of who we are. And what? What are you talking about? I am the same person I was uh, four years ago. <laughs> but, like... It's, that's not who we are. No, th this is exactly who we are. We're cool people. We're cool people. You judge people as individuals. If you're a if you're a jerk, you're a jerk. I don't care. If you're a cool person, you're a cool person. I don't care. That's how, that's how the majority of America works. This whole identity politics thing. I want to get into a little bit of uh, show business. I saw once again. It's like I'm doing like a CBS Sunday Morning recap. Uh, they had Mel Brooks on uh, CBS Sunday morning <clears throat> and he was talking about Anne Bancroft and boy, I t he, boy, he loved her. He loved her and she loved him. That was a great, great match. Uh, and in the, in the interview, it was very cool because they were talking about, you know, his movies and, you know, how she inspired him and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, OK, cool. We're not going to we're not going to do that thing where we ask, you know, Mel Brooks, do you think you could make that movie today? And like right after I had that thought, uh, they asked him, so Blazing Saddles, do you think you could make that movie today? And of course, you know, Mel's a smart guy. He's like 90 something. He's like 90 something. And very, very quick, like he, you know, he's lost his step, you're 90 something, but still like mentally, he's all there. So he apologized a little bit. He's like, I pushed it too far. Some of the stuff I pushed too far, you know, with the N-bombs and the cowboys farting. But you know what? It, it is what it is. But, you know, I don't think I could make the movie today. And even for the time, I think I pushed it too far, which is like, I don't think he, I honestly, I don't believe he believes that. I think he's saying that because it's the politically... Uh, correct thing to do but then he went on uh they asked him another question and i, and I had to write it down uh because uh, it was so it was such a great quote good lord this guy's fantastic he's mel brooks he's a he's a national treasure he's talking about comedy and good comedy and you know blah 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 and he goes it's about truth and grit truth and grit you can't shower people with truth and and grit if you're worried about stepping outside the lines. And I'm like, ba-doom. That was fantastic. Now, as a comedian, I'm like, maybe I am a little bit, but like like George Carlin was more like a truth and grit kind of a guy. I'm, I, I just want to have fun and, and make fun of idiots and have a good time and, you know, talk about doinking and and I want to be over the board. Like, I find myself doing more political stuff now, and that's that's fun. But like, it's absolutely right there is a, a big hunk of uh, you know comedy that is about truth and grit and if you're worried about oh i can't say this because i might offend some people then you're done then you're done you cannot worry about stepping outside the lines i thought it was a fantastic quote and man boy howdy uh mel brooks what a great dude that was fantastic here's the other thing that we got coming right around the corner uh, we got 
we got a, a couple big things that are happening. Uh, a new episode of the the Mandalorian dropped. That show came back a little bit. Episode four was a huge disappointment for me. I know some people claimed that that they, that they liked it, but yee, uh, not the best. Episode five, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere again. Uh, that was a lot of fun, which means Star Wars is right around the corner. And I can tell you right now, uh, it's it's going to be an absolute train wreck. It's going to be an absolute train wreck, and it's really going to bum me out. I don't I, I don't see how this can satisfy a Star Trek Star Trek a Star Wars fan on uh, on any level. That you know, Emperor Palpatine is coming back, and blah blah. And there's so many. It's just, it's horrible. It's horrible. They did so much damage in Episode Two by by ending the story, by killing the villain, by wrapping it all up. I don't see how Episode, uh, I'm going to call it Episode Three, The Rise of Skywalker. I don't see how that can be emotionally satisfying on any level. It's just going to be. They're just going to throw. They're gonna. It's it's, it's going to be a kitchen sink movie. Hey, look, Lando Calrissian's back. Hey, look, Princess Leia is back. Hey, look, the Emperor is back. This was his secret plan all along. Hey, look, C three PO's dying. Hey, look, it's just going to be that. They're just going to be tugging on every uh, emotional heartstring and every. They're going to be trying to hit every note and just check off boxes, and it's going to be horrible. And I and I I've taken so much grief on the internet uh, for my opinion about this. However, I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and then I'm not alone. And you have to respect uh, the fans because the fans can make you, and the fans can break you. One of the other cool things that's happening is that uh, the same day that Star Wars comes out, The Witcher is debuting on on Netflix. And so you've got uh, Henry Cavill or Henry Cavill, whatever, the this dude who played Superman and he's now the star of The Witcher. And, uh, and, and The Witcher is a big property. There's a series of books. There's a series of video games that are just fantastic. And so it was so cool to watch this guy. He's getting, he took a lot of grief. You know, for for, uh, you know, the the dawn of justice and the Justice League and the whole, uh, you know, mustache fiasco that really wasn't his fault. That was the studio not letting him shave his mustache. Oh, and here's a fun to know fact. You guys, the Joker, the Joker uh, with with Joaquin Phoenix that only cost like fifty five million dollars has made more money domestically than Dawn of Justice. That's the difference if you make a good movie and respect the fans and respect the material and and, and respect uh, you know the storytelling process it works out good and we just throw you know hey here's superman and batman it's not going to do so well so henry uh, cavill i always feel like i'm saying the name wrong it's was doing a, a press junket and he was defending the fans this is such a great moment for a guy who's taken a lot of crap. So uh, let's let's play that that footage. But there are always going to be a small yet vocal group of people there can kind of just be toxic. I understand what you're saying, but when it comes to fans, it is a fan's right mm -hmm. to have whatever opinion they want to have. And people are going to be upset because, especially when it, you're talking about books or games, because you're never going to be the exact person who they had in their head or who they played on Witcher 3, for example. I don't necessarily consider that toxic. I just consider that passionate. Mm -hmm. And it's something which I obviously had to come to terms with. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? Yeah. Faith in humanity restored. Now, here's the weird thing. I've only seen, uh, I've only seen him in, in movies with an American accent. So whenever I hear him talk in his native uh, British mouth, <laughs> that's what it's called british mouth it it throws me a bit i'm like is he doing a character is he working is the witcher got an english accent no that's his default setting you guys he's from the land of ings he's from england what'd you think of that wasn't that cool that was honestly i expected something completely different when you sent me that audio so when i when i heard him basically stand up for the fans and say look they're entitled to have whatever whatever opinions they want for any characters that i play that was really really refreshing because there are so many people that are like well if they don't respect my art then f them uh, <laughs> right 
Oh my God. It was so great. Like the dude, like that's all you have to do. You just have to be that cool. You just have to, and it's and it's and it's not even that cool. It's just a little bit cool. Just be kind of cool and all of fandom. Like I see him in a whole new light now. I was already excited about The Witcher, but now I'm like I'm more. Ex- I'm not even kidding. I'm more excited about The Witcher. I'm more excited about The Mandalorian than I am about The Rise of Skywalker. That's how much damage they have done to that franchise. They have no idea. They have no idea. All you had to do was just like slap Star Wars on the name, and I would like get half half a chubby, and, and they've ruined it. They've ruined it. So it's so nice uh, to hear uh, Superman saying that. You guys, that is uh, a fantastic show, Rick. I can't thank you enough uh, for for filling in uh, for the Gimlet, who's uh, off somewhere, uh, probably getting some sun on her butthole. <laughs> She's too, she's too smart I, for that. I'm pretty sure she's getting the sun, but I doubt it's on the butthole. Oh, I, I yeah, I, 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 wait, I, I guarantee she's not. I guarantee she's not. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm now in trouble because she's like, you, what, you are, you are not allowed to talk. We're just joking. We're just joking. It's all good. Okay, so it was, it was a lot of fun show. Patreons, uh, go check out the, the the Patreon the Patreon page and, and give me your info. I'm gonna hook you up. You guys are wonderful. We'll see. Hey, if there is a, a giant purge tomorrow, uh, look for me on. I'm always gonna be at the loftestparty.com. If if they kick me off of Facebook, if they kick me off of YouTube, if they kick me off of Twitter, this is why there's a loftestparty.com. Get your sweet hiney over there and participate. Go for Peace. It. Go find us on CloudHub if you can't see us anywhere else tomorrow. <laughs>